Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We love saving you money, and we love companies trying to save the world. We've got some new information about Ball, and it's about their manufacturing plant in Golden. They're looking for production technicians, and you can read the full description and apply at jobs.ball.com by searching for Golden. Now, the position they're looking for is on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's plant in Golden. They offer a competitive $27.39 per hour rate with potential increases at six, 12, 18 months. This is a, a role that has so many skills growth built into it. You can get all kinds of benefits, 401k for retirement, comprehensive insurance, active the day of hire, stock purchase ownership program, so many wonderful things. Make sure you check it out. Text golden to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava CBD Coffee. It's going to improve the quality of your morning because it's rich in CBD, CBG, and will have you feeling as great as I've been lately. Thanks to their CBD infused coffee that helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, so much more. Zero coffee jitters. Can't pass that up. And the best part is Strava can deliver it to your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whatever you need. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase with code DNVR25. Please support them because they've been supporting us for years at DNVR. Use code DNVR25. Hey, I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we've got some more crossover content with the boys at PHNX D-backs. Had a really good time talking with them. A little bit about the CBA, a little bit about the state of baseball, some of the free agent things going on, the rumblings that we've been hearing. And it was a really fun conversation towards the last half. We do talk a little bit more about the Arizona Diamondbacks, so do be aware of that. I also make sure to throw in a couple shots on the D-backs because, look, as frustrating as it might be to root for the Colorado Rockies right now at this time, we've got it a lot better than those down in Arizona because the Diamondbacks are in fifth place. And really, when you go and look at their roster, outside of a Cattell Marte and Madison Bumgarner and Zach Gallen, there's not much there. And they've got a farm system that's definitely taking steps forward, but we know the Rockies farm system are doing the same. And, you know, I think the Rockies have a lot of financial flexibility whereby the Diamondbacks do not. There's not the same hope there simply because no one's going to Chase Field. No one is really supporting the team like Rockies fans are supporting the Rockies because y'all love your baseball. Y'all love Coors Field. Y'all love your Breck Brew all of that, and that translates to more money in the Montfort's pockets, and it also contributes to more flexibility within and around the organization. Now, I think we all want that money to be spent a little more wisely, whether it's a bit more on free agents, and I think we'll see that this offseason. I think we want there to be a little bit more investment behind the scenes in the analytics department. We know that that's a critical factor for being successful in the modern day through just about all sports. 
Last week on the Denver Sports Podcast, Harrison Wynn said, hey, you know what? The Nuggets are a little bit more old school and not quite as analytics-driven as some other teams, but they are staunchly in the minority. And hey, if you're winning without that much of the research and development going on, the R&D, then you can do what you want and say, hey, you don't need that infusion of numbers and statistics and metrics, all of that. If you don't need it because you're successful, great. But if you're not, then you need to invest in that. And right now the Rockies are doing that. General Manager Bill Schmidt has increased the size of the analytics team by a lot. Now, going from reportedly one to six is, you know, again, it depends on the generalization terms, right? Uh, it's increased six times, sixfold, or you can say it's still a low number. Six is not a lot when you look around the rest of baseball and particularly the NL West. And so there's that element too, and that can be frustrating. But again, the Diamondbacks, they've got it a bit worse right now. In fact, there's even some conversations having with people here in Phoenix about the Chase Field situation for anyone that doesn't know. Diamondbacks are not terribly happy with how the cities have been, the city of Phoenix has been running Chase Field. And there's some improvements and stuff that need to be made. And you know, there, there are rumblings they could go elsewhere, that they just simply need a new stadium. And, and even that new stadium may not translate to increased revenue. We know the D-backs ownership team went out and did a, a search a couple off seasons ago in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas. You know, again, maybe that's more of a poking the, the sleeping giant which is the city of Phoenix to let them know, hey, we could have some other suitors. We could have some other cities that would love to have a major league team. Plenty of cities out there. So maybe you you go about those renovations that we've been asking about at Chase Field. So again, things could always be a lot worse. That's just one perspective. And new perspective going around right now, according to John Morosi of MLB Network, the Tigers are showing some early interest in John Gray, as we know, Gray did not get a qualifying offer from the Rockies, and so there will be no compensation that the Rockies receive for him, and there won't be anything surrendered by a team that does sign him. Won't won't cost them a draft pick, because if you sign a player that rejects a qualifying offer, you now lose something. And for the Tigers, it would be their third highest pick in the 2022 draft. And they don't have to worry about that. That's one of the things that might slightly skew the contract that he gets is because a player that has a qualifying offer put on them that they reject the team, when they sign the player, they now have to give up something. And so again, there's a monetary value to draft picks. There's a monetary value in, in what you're going to be saving your organization down the line. And so there are a lot of these numbers behind the scenes that can impact what a player gets in free agency. It's one of the reasons why there's been some thought with the new CBA being negotiated, and we'll get into that in just a bit, but that maybe qualifying offer is going to go away. We might not see it again because it hurts free agents. It hurts those guys going out there trying to get a bigger, better deal when the team is coming back to them saying, well, you know, we're going to have to give up our second or our third round pick to sign you and so that that kind of makes us worse down the line. Might even make us worse after you leave because we're taking some risk here. We're we're going to need to get a little bit more certainty. And so we can't offer you as much as you might if you were an untethered free agent. John Gray is an untethered free agent. So now teams don't have to give up anything to sign him. And that makes him a bit more attractive. And I think that makes sense why a team like Detroit, who I said on Monday, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Hey, if you're looking for a long shot to win the World Series, you know, Detroit Tigers looked all right in the second half. You haven't really heard much of about them, right, in, in several years, after, especially after Justin Verlander left and was traded to the Houston Astros. Can, can you even name anyone on their squad, right? And you can. If you're paying attention, you do know a little bit about their rotation, Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal. Akil Badu, Willie Castro at shortstop. There, there are some names there that are okay. They're good placeholders. Casey Mize might be a little bit more than just a placeholder. But the point is, 
since Verlander left. I don't want to say they're tanking, but they are certainly doing very well to lose 100-plus games every year and get the first overall pick, which they did in the 2020 draft. And they got, from Arizona State, Spencer Torkelson, a guy who could be a very early Rookie of the Year award candidate in the American League in 2022. When those odds go out, he might be someone to keep an eye on. So Detroit is about to be on that upswing, and we might not even see that upswing in 2022. They may even still have a losing record next year. They might even be 15 to 20 games under 500. But the process is beginning, and it could start with the starting rotation, they've been linked to a lot of free agents. We know in the past the Tigers have spent. And so John Gray would be a good cog in that rotation. Trevor Story might even be a good cog for them at shortstop, a, a spot that they've been rumored to be linked with Carlos Correa with his connection with A.J. Hinch. We talk about that in the PHNX crossover segment. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on as far as what the Rockies are doing with John Gray. Nick Roke did report from the GM meetings going out there in California that, you know, there hasn't been any new conversations with Gray's camp since they offered them the the reported three years, $40 million extension. Nothing has happened yet, but they're going to be in touch. Once John goes around, his agent is shopping out the offers, seeing what the market looks like. They'll get back to the Rockies because Gray wants to come back. This isn't a situation where, you know, too bad, so sad. When Trevor Story is set to go somewhere else and ready to sign on the dotted line, I don't know that he or his agents will be calling Colorado to say, hey, are you going to match this? Because, in fact, if you match it for the dollar amount, you don't even have to, to give us more. If you match it, we'll come back to Colorado. That phone call more than likely will not even be made. But for John Gray before he even sits down with a pen in his hand, there's going to be phone calls. And there may even be some consideration of, well, you know, Detroit or this other team offered me X. Rockies offered me a little bit less. I think I'm going to come back to Colorado for a little bit less. That could happen. That could happen. Trevor Story, not quite as much. Now he's got to decide if he's going to take the qualifying offer. His response is due next Wednesday, the 17th. Right now, again, talking with teams during this open window time to see what's out there exactly with story, maybe being fourth in the pecking order of free agent shortstops that could make it hard for him to get, you know, guaranteed feel of where the market is at right now, what teams are looking at. It's going to be all about Corey Seager, Carlos Correa. They're a bit younger. They've got a better postseason track record, a lot more experience in the postseason, certainly. And with the, you know, MVP type season that Marcus Simeon had was almost given up for dead by the the, the White Sox. If you go back and, and recall, I think he even made his debut with the White Sox. I know he was traded very early on and was seen seen by the White Sox as a guy who couldn't play short. And so stories behind those three guys. Does he take the qualifying offer now? I Again, I still don't think that that happens because he can still get one year $15 million from someone. The other piece that makes it seem pretty obvious that he's not going to come back is the fact that Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News reports that the Rangers are looking to add possibly $100 million to their payroll this offseason. Now, is that just this offseason? Or rather, this, just this year's payroll? No, of course not. But that does let you know that they're ready to sign one to two big-name players, maybe Castellanos and Trevor Story where combined they make 150 200 million whatever it is but they're looking to spend and that's story's hometown team if it's not the rangers maybe the astros because again word around the game is story is a bit dinged up he's he's damaged goods right and look the the same thing was being said about Nolan Arenado last year right game 2 in Oakland dives jacks up his shoulder, and has somewhat of a down year. Well, you know, that didn't really stop St. Louis from acquiring him. And sure, you may say, yeah, but the Rockies didn't get that much for him. Was that indicative of Nolan's market? Or was that indicative of how the Rockies negotiated and navigated that situation? I would I would say it's more of the latter. I would absolutely say it's more of the latter. And again, you see Arenado rebound 
which players of his skill set and caliber are very often capable of doing, the same is going to be thought of for Trevor Story. They're going to front and they're going to speculate, yeah, you know, he had a down year. I'm a little bit worried. Look at his production over the last few years. Outside of a 2017 sophomore slump, he's been fairly consistent, making improvements, reducing his strikeout rate, which again, you accept in today's game. So he should be able to get paid, not $200 million paid, maybe not even $100 million paid, but he's going to be happy with whatever deal he ends up getting. And we're happy and thankful and appreciative of our members at DNVR Sports, especially those of you that come out to all of our really cool watch parties for Nuggets and Avs. We make sure we have the sound on. It creates this atmosphere as if you are in the arena and because of all of our diehards that are there, it's just a special experience. Even if you want to just check out the bar during happy hour from three to six, you can do that. You get drink specials, appetizer discounts. Again, it's on the corner of Colfax and York. Members, you get a bigger beer. <laughs> Honestly, that alone, I've had some people pull me aside and say, look, just for what I end up spending when I want to watch the game on TV, if I can't get it with my cable package, and again, we know the issues that we have watching our sports in Denver. Hey, shoot, just on what I spend on beer alone, that pays for the price. And the fact that I can get great coverage of the Broncos, Rockies, Nuggets, Rams, Buffs, I find out what's going on in college basketball, that season's getting ramped up, a lot of exclusive content, that is really a bargain. And really, if you just want to check us out for the first time, your first month is going to be 50 cents. If you wanted, if you do want to go all in and get an annual membership, you also get a shirt. Can't beat that. Snooze Mattress, new sponsor, new great sponsor, I should say, because for Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com, they've got an offer you're going to love, especially when you use code DNVR. Now they've got this new thing called Snooze Flip. It's the most universal mattress on the planet. It's designed for everybody. It's a four-in-one mattress. You can choose if it's soft, firm, cool, cozy. You can flip it to your comfort level, zip it with reversible and washable temperature regulated cover. And it's backed by 122 year warranty. That's legit. Made by Colorado, designed for the world. Use code DNVR when you visit snoozesleep.com and receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base when you use code DNVR. And you get even more of a discount when you upsize. So check out the deal on the dual split king with adjustable base, $1,000 in savings. Only when you use code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump in on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's really that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same game parlays. What you do is combine multiple bets from the same game and get an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. 1924 was the last time nobody scored in a game. Come on. Come on. That's promo code DNVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Some other bit of news and notes I want to get to as kind of a rapid fire piece of reporting, as it were. Hey, former Rockies pitcher you remember him from 2019 rico garcia great story drafted in the 34th round i want to say out of hawaii he did sign a minor league deal with baltimore where's he been well he had tommy john surgery so he missed all of 2021 with san francisco andrew baggerly reported recently that chris bryant is unlikely to come back to san francisco as the giants simply were not impressed with him especially defensively but i'm impressed with chris bryant's defense because he can play third base center field first base and shoot for a couple innings, put a match shortstop for all I care, right? In, in a pinch, if you really needed to. Yeah, maybe it's not above average defense, but the guy has a lot of flexibility. He's one of the best players in the game to be able to do that. Not a, not a true utility player, but shoot, has uh, a lot of experience playing all around the diamond. Cardinals are discussing 
about focusing on defense more at the shortstop spot. They love what young 25-year-old Edmundo Sosa did in 2021 during his rookie campaign. So what does that mean exactly? Does that mean a reunion for Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado? Possibly, but that doesn't seem to be the Cardinals' focus right now because, again, Sosa is providing that defense for them on a league minimum contract. But what that does mean is that Paul DeYoung, an all-star in 2019 with the Cardinals, still has two years, $18 million with extensions left on his deal. And again, even for a somewhat of a bench player, and if if Sosa takes over that starting role at shortstop, okay, DeYoung's just going to play around the infield. I'm sure they'll give him an outfielder's mitt and something a little oversized than what he currently has. He'll play some outfield, but that could be one of the targets that the Rockies are looking to hit up. We know they've got somewhat of a relationship with the Cardinals, right? For better or worse, but DeYoung, two years, $18 million. Nice. That would be a good spot. In fact, I think that would be cheaper than what you might be able to do on the free agent market. Angelton Simmons, you know, might be looking for two years, 20. Freddie Galvis would probably be a lot closer to the two years and 18 million, He'd probably be closer to two years, 12 million, if we're going to be honest. But, you know, with extensions, DeYoung's contract could be four years for $42 million. And really, that's now going to buy you some time for Ezekiel Tovar if you don't think that he's not going to be ready exactly on time. 2022, full year in Hartford. 2023, full year in Albuquerque. 2024, boom, he's ready to, to win the National League. Rookie of the Year award. That might be a bit too much. So DeYoung could be a good option temporarily should the Rockies pick up the phone and contact the Cardinals about a trade. Another guy that could be a, a decent trade option uh, on the Yankees. You know, it's not Aaron Judge and no, it's not Joey Gallo. But we know the Phillies and Yankees are interested in Starling Marte, so you can probably cross him off the, the Rockies list of potential candidates in the outfield. Besides, they do want more power than a guy with with more speed than anything, good bat. You can count on him to bat over 300. Starting Marte could possibly even win a batting title with the Rockies next year if they sign him. But no, that that's not going to happen because the Phillies and Yankees have shown interest. And again, with Judge Gallo, only one year left uh, on his deal, and Giancarlo Stan, who we know is the DH. They also have Aaron Hicks in center field. So... They've got more spots than they can do anything with. They're also over the luxury tax threshold, essentially, at this point. So they're going to have to move some guys around. What about Aaron Hicks? What about Aaron Hicks in center field for the Rockies? Now, he's still owed four years, $41 million. And again, depending on how good of a job you are at negotiating with Yankees GM Brian Cashman, you might even be able to bring back a nice little prospect, too, to say, well, you know, is he really worth $10 million a year for the next four years? He's already in his early 30s. I don't want to have to pay him until he's 36, 37 years old. So throw us a couple bucks or maybe even hold on to your money and we'll just take a better prospect. That could be a target. Sticking with New York, the Mets right now are in, wow, they're in quite a spot. They are, they don't, they, they don't, they can't, they won't. It's not good. It's not good. They can't find a candidate out there, a young upstart, a young assistant general manager looking to make his mark in baseball. They can't really seem to convince anyone to be their general manager right now. And you kind of can't blame these young executives around the game. I think I think we're understanding of that here in Colorado when you saw what happened after the 2020 season and people departing the organization, maybe because, look, they were just a bit done with professional sports, you know, maybe they'll stay in sports media in some capacity. Don't know. Don't know exactly what it is. But if you've got a sinking ship or if you've got a rough situation that's going to stay rough for a little while, you may not want to attach yourself to that situation. And the Mets right now are in a rough situation, gone through a couple GMs just in the last year, essentially. And it's it just hasn't been good there New ownership seems like it was going to solve the problem, and I think it will. <laughs> I'll say this. I think it'll still get better, but Steve Cohen is not helping himself out. He needs to destroy his Twitter account because he keeps putting his foot in his mouth left and right. But there's going to be money there to be spent. We saw that with Francisco Lindor's contract. Acquired him from the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, I said it. Immediately turned around, signed him 
to a long-term $300 million extension. So that money is going to be able to fix a lot of problems. But right now, the problem they have is more of a public relations problem. It's PR issues that they're having. Brody Van Wagenen, not, not too bad in the PR department, unless there's something I'm forgetting. But Zach Scott, Jared Porter, both one worse than the next. And Sandy Alderson's doing the best he can over there. Good baseball man, but... He can only do so much, and this team still does not have a general manager. And right now, all the GMs are currently in California having discussions and conversations and negotiations about potential trades and laying the groundwork, and they don't have anybody to do that. Now, Alderson, of course, is going to be that point person, but he wants to be more on the business side at this point in his life. So the Mets not only need a general manager, they also need a field manager. And until they get a GM, they're not going to get a manager. They're not going to round out their coaching staff. So they are in a rough spot too. Again, Rockies fans, it's it's starting to look better and better every single day once you look around the league. We brought you damn good beer and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. So damn good. You can now get their Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. It's Hassle Cattle Company. H-A-S-S-E-L-L Cattle Company. Check them out. Use code DNVR10 to save 10% off every single time. We back it with a guarantee that, guess what? You're going to love it, especially when you get at the DNVR bar. That's what we got. When you're getting a burger, watching the game at a watch party or just a random Tuesday, whatever it is, with the toppings, whether you like Swiss cheese, American cheese, doesn't matter. doesn't matter your toppings or your preference. Even plain is just delicious because it's Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company. We get it at the bar on the corner of Colfax in York, and you can get it at home at HassleCattleCompany.com. Use code DNVR10 to save 10% every time. Yes, Ball Aerospace and Technology have been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, and they're ready to welcome you into their culture of belonging, especially since it's been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They've got a corporate equality index score of 100%. So objectively, your background, whatever it may be, that will not prevent you from being successful there. Right now, they're looking for folks who have technical and mechanical skills to help them manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, and they're paying pretty well, over $27 an hour. You're gonna get all kinds of benefits when you work there. So text GOLDEN to 77222 and you'll get linked to open positions. You can also just apply directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden it's football season baby so you know what that means it means we're going for two with the sponsors of today's show manscaped blitzing through the hairs has never been easier and it's time you join the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped you've heard us talk about it for years you know it's trusted by over two million worldwide and you should now know that using code dnvr gets you 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com go tame that wildcat offense using the best tools for the job at manscaped.com using code DNVR for free shipping and more importantly, 20% off. From the DNVR Rockies podcast, it's our pa- pal uh, who are we, we're acquiring in the draft. It's Patrick Lyons, uh, I, a player to be named later. I don't know who we're sending over, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to be here. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you. I thought my title was going to be comptroller. Okay, I can, yeah, we can make you comptroller. That's kind of a meaningless position, but there's a lot of paperwork behind it. Um, but yeah, we got the comptroller of PHNX now. That's officially. perfect for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, yeah, no, guys, we had some baseball. We and Me and Patrick, we we're still having some fun uh, at AFL games. The Arizona Fall League has been a blast. I am uh, not as sunburned today and not as dehydrated as I've been. It says 81 degrees, but it f- feels like 100 uh in the sun directly uh but yeah we've uh been walking watching the d-backs and rockies prospects on the rafters the rafters who have uh kind of been losing quite a bit so that's something we're used to around here we we are yeah you know and again it's when you're dealing with prospects it's not so much about the wins and losses it's about development at least that's what you tell yourself when you don't have the wins and losses (laughs) the rockies Rockies minor league affiliates did pretty well like spokane like in in a ball they they went to the championship series, uh, the the Arizona Complex League. They won that Dominican Summer League. Rockies did really well, so we are very excited about the 2025 roster, baby. Yeah, you're, yeah. we're taking it all. We yeah, are taking right. it all. All right, all right. Well, that's when both of our teams' time will come to shine. But right now, there's a lot of uh, free agency news. Obviously, uh, as Jesse and I talked about on last night's podcast. So much of this is impacted by the new labor agreement and everything that's going to happen with that. But 
yeah, just a lot of uh, rumors, right? You have some news about some Rockies players uh, being connected to some some new homes potentially. Yeah, John Paul Morosi from MLB.com reporting that the Tigers uh, have some interest in John Gray, and I think they they may have even thrown a contract out there, thrown thrown a couple bucks out there, floated some numbers, and you know. That was my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week last week on the DNVR <laughs> Rocky side was an early Tigers to win the World Series. It was like plus 4,500. Yeah. You know they're going to be in on a shortstop. Is it Carlos Correa going over there? But they're going to have some money to spend. Their tank is pretty much over. And John Gray would be a, a perfect little piece as number two, number three starter, a veteran guy with all the young pitching that they have in Detroit right now. And Detroit is really, uh, I mean, they, they are connected to several free agents. It seems like they are going to be spending some money this offseason. We don't know if they'll be successful in landing any of those guys, but it does seem like the Tigers are connected to a lot of the free agents out there. I know Carlos Correa, they were one of the teams that seemed like, for a moment there, rumors had him going to the Tigers. Yeah, I like that. It seems like a natural fit to reuniting with A.J. Hinch, but, you know, Javi Baez, you know, playing some time in Chicago if they want more of a, a short-term deal. I'm not exactly sure what their their prospect situation is at, at shortstop going forward if they've got someone. They, they just need to keep the, that seat warm. Uh, of course, Trevor Story, I think, you know, could be a, a fit Colorado guy, uh, whereby, again, it, it might not totally blow up uh, – the payroll, if you will, with a $200, $300 million deal, which is something that Carlos Correa could expect. You know, with the Yankees out there, they're already right now over the the luxury tax. Like, even if they sign nobody, I think they are already over. <laughs> and yet, they're still like, hmm, do we want Corey Seager or do We're, we want Carlos yeah, Correa? Who are we going to spend, you know, more money on? It really is, you know, <laughs> and, and, and again, we spoke about this. Jesse and I talked about, you know, does it translate over? And and at what point do you stop giving up? Even if you have all of this money, like the Dodgers and the Yankees, is is there a point where you stop going after the biggest names on the market and trying to find pieces that are just potentially a better fit for your team, just not the most expensive, you know, players on the market? It, it's a really weird concept to me because other teams like the Rays have built their entire philosophy on not paying guys, right? But the reason why is because baseball really is one of those games that there are few elite players in this league that can stay consistently good throughout the majority of their career, like a like a Buster Posey, right, who's <laughs> retiring a year after having one of his better batting average seasons, you know, as of late, right? So, like, it's just wild how few of guys, you know, really deserve those big contracts, but teams are willing to throw it at them when they think, you know, this is this is the next big superstar. I know Jesse is probably gonna is gonna have an answer on this one, but how many of those big two hundred million dollar free agent contracts? I mean, you don't even necessarily count Tatis, right? Because that was more of an extension. But how many sure, of those right. big deals have translated or correlated to a World Series? Obviously, you know the Angels with with Pujols, Josh Hamilton. You know, CJ Wilson wasn't even hundred million, I don't think, but that was certainly a lot at the beginning of this decade that nothing nothing came of that so i don't know that these big deals even translate to championships can you think of any at this point jesse that what's the biggest one that's that's mm. really worked out it, it they don't they don't jump out like oh this is the final piece it's not no. like the nba where if you can bring in that big contract that that final guy that you need for the big three whatever it is you know you're going to the finals it's yeah. just that's not the case in baseball I think I think those big contracts in some ways you could make an argument do more damage than good at, at the end of the day, because not only is it, you know, you, you might only have a few year window where you can really go out there and try and win a World Series, which is hard to do in baseball, like baseball. There's a lot of volatility in the playoffs, even if you do have, you know, a, a really top notch team going into the postseason, there's no guarantees of, of anything. Right. And, and right. the problem with a lot of these big deals, especially like the Pujols deal that you mentioned is that on the back end of that contract, it's hard to do much of anything for, you know, four or five years because you're because your your salary is just completely bogged down. Your payroll is bogged down by paying a guy, you know, 35 million or whatever it was, who actually is like not even a viable major league player anymore. Right. Yes. So even yes. like like yesterday, Patrick, Derek and I, we we went 
we went ahead. We spent Ken Kendrick's money all we over did. the place. We were just we like throwing just, it around. Yeah. We basically just dreamed up like, okay, <laughs> if money was no object, which obviously it is, but if money was no object, who would we go out and sign uh, if we yeah. were the Diamondbacks? That and must... Carlos Correa's name didn't come up because right. we don't want to give 10 years and 320 million, even if we could. Right. So like those deals come with a lot of a lot of risk. And and like you said, Patrick, we don't really see them work out very often. I mean, shoot, the Rockies only spent 70 million on Ian Desmond. And that's like a, this contract that's like laughable, like, oh, man, that was just right. atrocious. And, and it didn't really, you know, cripple them uh, financially, but it was still, you know, viewed as one of like, oh, man, you'd re- love to have that one back again. Like that's that's how critical a $15 million annual salary can be to a smaller market club like that. But the one thing that the Diamondbacks have and and, and Arizona has is a little bit more certainty. When you sign a guy to a free agent contract, you pretty much know what you're going to get. Still, still probably are not very happy with Madison Bumgarner just yet, but I think (laughs) wait, wait for this bad boy to, play its total you know its whole way out and it might be okay you know desmond did did a good job with some of the younger guys and and helping out was a good leader in the clubhouse again is that worth the contract i don't know but bumgarner what he does as a leader you might find that out years later on down the line with what he does with a guy like zach gallon the umberto's and all that yeah we've we've speculated (laughs) quite a bit about that right because again we don't really know shit about what's really going on behind closed doors right (laughs) i've had a very i've had very few instances where i felt like i was in the clubhouse with you know the core couple of guys that that the diamondbacks players sometimes felt comfortable being themselves around right baseball players athletes in general they the reason why some of their interviews after the game are boring is because they are canned they've been trained to say certain key phrases that will keep them out of trouble and word things in a certain way that are boring, but at least answer your questions enough without, you know, making any kind of controversial remarks. Right. Uh, but when, when the cameras are off and they're just being themselves, some of the ridiculous, funny stuff you hear from these guys is amazing. You know, I've talked about Zach Granke's finest moments being when, all the cameras were off and we were just kind of hanging around for a bit too long. And he started calling like Archie Bradley, a loser and stuff like that. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a uh, very memorable moments. Right. And things that we, we you miss that cranky around here. Yeah, we really do. Right. And so Madison Bumgarner is one of those guys that I don't know if like, he doesn't seem to me like the mentor type. Right. But he also uh, does not, tell very much information about his personal life he doesn't even want to give up his game plan during a media meeting you know if they want to ask like you know how are, how are you planning on approaching this guy that's a hot hitter he'll openly say in the meeting like i don't want to discuss that right like i'm not giving you guys i mean that's pretty plan. fair though like i don't know if that many right pitchers now. are gonna want to disclose you'd like, be surprised oh yeah i'm gonna <laughs> Well, because people didn't just they, answer didn't they questions. Ask that to Garrett Cole wasn't that wasn't that like famously asked to Garrett yes. Cole about how yes. he was going to face Shohei Otani? <laughs> yeah, and he just had like the most hilarious answer to that question. Right. Like, like how do you answer that if you're a pitcher? Are you supposed I, to like actually tell him? Well, like what you're actually planning on doing? Some do. I think it depends on your maturity, your time in the league. Like some guys are honestly just going to tell you know the truth, and then there's going to be guys like Madison Bumgarner that have zero problem telling us. You know, no. You know, no, I'm not telling you right, that information, right. right? I think, um, would it be Justin Verlander? Was that maybe the last big contract that added to a team that put him over the hump for the Astros? Well, that, of course, that was, you know, in a trade. So, oh, you're talking about like a free agency signing straight up. Yeah. Yeah. That's free a good point. agency. You know, yeah, it's yeah. Not, I mean, a Rod, Rod's the, contract did, you know, net the, the Yankees a, a World Series sure, in but that 2009. Was a that was a while ago. Exactly. Yeah, right. So it's, you know, well, and it's kind of like the correlation. Like, I understand the idea of spending, right? When you look at spending and especially something that's going to come up with this labor agreement is spending and how much teams should be allowed to spend. It's egregious that the Dodgers literally spend almost a hundred million dollars and the next closest team and that next closest team is the Yankees. Like that's insane. And then those two teams can kind of just run away with things financially, but it still doesn't obviously translate over to them being the most dominant teams in the league. The, the Dodgers right. have just won 
you know, the one World Series. The Yankees have not won a World Series since that 2009, right? The, they won a World <laughs> Series, quote unquote. Yes. Come on, it's 60 yes. games. There, so. it there it is. He's an asterisk guy. He's an asterisk guy. Yes, yes. For the purposes of the podcast, yes, yes. yes, yes why yes, not? Let's yeah, do sure. it. Let's, let's go ahead and say that. Hey, do you got one another one of those 60 game seasons? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to your one. point, <laughs> with, with these these larger market clubs, they've got all the advantage. And uh, we talked about it a couple of days ago on our crossover about how. If you make a mistake, you can you can pay for it literally financially and get away with it. Whereas the smaller clubs can't, which is why they say, you know what, we need to compress our years of contention into a much shorter window because we can't guarantee that we can rebound. Think about sure. the Red Sox in 2020 during the shortened season. I think it was almost brilliant. They said, uh, you know what, let's kind of tap out of this thing and we can get a really good pick, which they got the third overall pick and and stole Marcelo Mayer. Uh high school shortstop, which was fantastic, replenish their farm system a little bit, and then they can still recharge and go back out the next year. Right. Well, the smaller market clubs, they need to tank, and that's something that's being addressed or we think might get addressed Hopefully. in this upcoming CBA yeah. if there should be a salary floor. But if there's going to be a floor, that almost could change the – the, the salary cap, the soft cap, they might want to bring that down. The owners sure. would, and then that's going to thereby then really tamp down the contracts, I think. Like, I, like I think Scott, it's, like, it's I, like how, thing. I like how Scott Boris's idea, though, yeah. is to make teams spend more money. Like, no, no, it's not capping the teams that spend too much. <laughs> it's these damn teams that spend less than $100 million. They're the real problem, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that it was a question that was proposed in an, uh, a recent Arizona uh, AZ Central article that we're going to get to, uh, some comments that Mike Hazen made, right? But I mean, at times when you look at a team like what the Diamondbacks did, were they going to be competitive this past season? No. So when in the long run, both business-wise and team-wise, organizationally, isn't it? doesn't it make sense to just keep some of that money in your pocket and wait to spend down the road versus now when you know you're not going to be even close to a contender with what some of these teams are spending? Absolutely. The problem is you never know when a team is going to be the Giants, right? The Giants were expected to be good, but they were, you know, they were expected to finish third in the division. That's right. And they won more games than they ever have in franchise history with that team. Baseball is a sport like that. You have no idea when teams are going to catch fire or when, you know, players are going to all of a sudden, you know, reach that next level. It just seems like, you know, right now, as we discussed last night, you know, 17 teams are trying to compete next season. According to Mr. Scott according, Boris. According to Mr. Scott Boris. Is he wrong, though? I mean, is he wrong? Is it not? One, it, like, we said that about the Diamondbacks before this season even started. It was blatantly obvious them, the Cubs, uh, and, a, and a whole other litany of teams were not going to even try to compete in the 2021 season. That made a little more sense because of the financial unsecurity right? The, the lack of financial security, the lack of knowing when fans were going to be led back into stadiums this past season and when they were going to be able to get back to full capacity and all of that, right? So that made a little bit more sense, but going back to things being back to normal, now it just seems like teams don't want to even try to compete before the season's even started. Yeah. And, and I think they, you know, provide a, a tough bargain, a tough bargaining table, so to speak, when it comes to free agents. That's why the qualifying offer was half a million dollars less than it was last year, because, you know, since the last CBA was negotiated uh, at the start of the 2016 season, you know, the teams have really helped tamp down contracts in a major way. I think, I think maybe the 2017 off season was really the first time that you started to notice that guys were getting a lot less money yeah. in free agency and was like, is there some kind of collusion going on here? Cause it really seems like it. And there, there was for, after the 17, 18, and even 19 off season guys were just not getting the money that they thought they were going to get. I think Mike Moustakis might've even signed two one year deals back to back before he finally right. got his money. And again, I think those players will still get paid overall, but instead of a, a five-year deal, it's you know a one-year pillow contract, and then I'll get my my four-year your contract. And when there's too many free agents out on the market, that's when the contracts go down. That's why Marvin Miller, when he was you know the head of the the players' association, basically said, no, 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 we we don't want everyone to be free agent all the time or you know every single year. After six years, 
that's perfect because then it's a slow drip. And then you talk about classes where you're like, ah, who's the best free agent available? You're like, eh, you know, that guy's all right. Well, because that player is the best one in his class, he's going to get 150, close to $200 million. And that works out great for the players association. And I think now ownership is really starting to fight back. And that again, I don't know that it's collusion, but they're getting smart enough to realize, Hey, if, if we just stay firm with these shorter term deals, then it's, it's going to kind of lower the expectations and sure. flood the market. And you used to think about guys where they would want six year deals and they would get six year deals. And now that same player is go- hoping, you know, to get four, but they'd really only get three. Isn't it crazy though, to sign a guy to a 10 year contract? I mean, isn't that crazy? I like, yeah, yeah. It just seems insane to me. I, and I, I am a big trust me. I'm a. I, on one hand, I understand what athletes give, and I understand how much money these franchises make off of them. Right? Uh, you know, just not the endorsement deals they get separately on their own, but essentially the endorsement deals with the ball club and how the ball club uses them to sell tickets and merchandise yeah. and all that stuff. Right. It just seems crazy to me, though, with so many variables in a game like baseball that you would give anybody that much time, you know, and not have several out clauses or, or ability that if that p- player isn't performing to the level that they do something differently, right? Maybe something with more uh, incentive based contracts and less for a base salary, but if you reach 30 home runs, then you get like an insane extra amount of money, right? Like, not like, oh, hey, you get three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars extra. Like, oh, if you hit 30 home runs, you're getting 15 million extra a year or whatever, right? So I, I don't know. I just I feel like with baseball, it's it's too easy for guys to get that money, find themselves to not be as motivated and hungry as they were, just like in any sport, and and not perform. Mm. I w- it's funny you're here because one of the first big, huge contracts that didn't even seem to make sense to me as a baseball fan was Todd Helton. And wasn't that was a that was a big contract for the time, wasn't sure. it? And I, I mean, mean, even Troy Tulowitzki's deal was big, sure uh, at, yeah. at the time. And I, again, you know, to your to your point as far as you know, longer term deals that are very lucrative. You know, we don't we don't know how much money these teams make like they don't open up the books correct so the fact that they give these deals out kind of willy-nilly tells you all you need to know about you know the the game's doing all right financially so there's probably even more money especially you guys in colorado i've seen those i've seen the videos of you know they sell plenty of the brett brews and (laughs) rocky mountain oysters although i've still yet to meet anybody out there uh, that has eaten the Rocky Mountain oysters that they sell at, at Coors Field. Yeah. But with the, with the Todd Helton deal, <laughs> with the Todd Helton deal, um, you know, again, when when players sign those kind of extensions, you got to remember that in five years' time, what is considered a you know a, a large, say, thirteen million dollar deal, that now becomes small potatoes, right? So you can yeah. you can look down the line and say, hey, okay. Uh, this this veteran player might not be might not have as much value, but we're we're going to pay him at the back end, so we maybe don't have to pay him as much, you know, in, in the front part of the deal. And if you're you're talking about a guy who's, you know, I wouldn't say it was a statue contract. I love that 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 bit of selling by Scott Boris last year yeah. for the Tatis deal. He called it a statue contract because yeah. if you sign a player to a three hundred million dollar thirteen year deal, you better be able to make a statue. Yeah. Exactly yeah, yeah. right, and mm-hmm. so. If it's if it's a guy that's been in your organization for the entirety of his life and is on a Hall of Fame type trajectory, you go, well, whether he makes the Hall of Fame or not is kind of irrelevant. This guy's going to be an ambassador to our organization, and we don't want him to go away. And there's yeah. kind of a rare few that really get that designation, I think, all across baseball. Sure. But for Colorado, Helton's been the only one. They they locked up Tulowitzki to a long-term deal, and then, hey, the money wasn't right anymore. They offloaded him. To Toronto, you know, Walker already had a career in Montreal. Nolan Arenado was the next guy where he was going to be the next Todd Helton, yeah. and I think he may have, you know, essentially stepped in and said, "I don't know that I want to be the next Mr. Todd Helton," uh, because of a lot of the trials and tribulations Todd had to go through, and the fact that you know he is a Hall of Famer, and yet he may have to wait all ten years just like Larry Walker did. Yeah, and so that kind of changed the course well, of, of history as well. And Paul Goldschmidt would probably be our closest thing to a statue player, I think. You right. know, totally. I just, again, sometimes when you are, when you put your feelings aside, right, for your fandom and try to, you know, you put on 
your fedora of of business your business your business fedora right and you try to think in that way um you know it wouldn't have made sense to keep someone like paul goldschmidt with a huge contract around during this period of time when they knew that most likely uh they were going to be rebuilding it also though makes me question signing madison bumgarner to the big deal when you also knew a similar you know kind of thing Right. Interestingly enough, I thought the Arizona Diamondbacks were dead in the water this season. Their talk about free agency uh, has kind of dashed our hopes. Uh, we analyzed Mike Hazen's statement from the end of the season where he talked about uh, not looking for external candidates to fill positional needs. And we, we've we've found enough qualifying statements and words in that sentence to keep them out of uh, out of really saying that they switched their position or oh, well, we did go after some free agents, even though we said we weren't going to. Uh, but my under, case, under promise and over deliver. Is that kind of the strategy? I think so. I think that it's setting expectations the right way. And I think it's also setting expectations that if they do bring in free agents, it's not going to be the ones that Jesse and I were doing yesterday when we were spending yeah. Ken Kendrick's money, right? <laughs> it's not going to be, I mean, it. There, there might be a couple of gems. Jesse was very reasonable. Jesse was like, when you give a kid ten dollars, one I gave one reasonable. You answer. were pretty reasonable, even in your <laughs> unrealistic ones, Jesse. I said Let's they should honest. bring back Max Scherzer. I don't think that's going to happen. There. <laughs> and Robbie Ray. And Robbie Ray. We want Robbie Ray. Oh, that's all. We want to bring back all the free yeah. agents that yeah. we lost, basically. Um, well, no, but you did. You were reasonable, and Jesse is like the kid. You give ten dollars, and he spends it responsibly. Bought multiple things at the store, uh, and didn't just buy candy. So I'm very proud of him. But uh, yesterday, Mike Hazen said in an interview with AZ Central uh, in regards to this team, and basically 2022 being another you know 2021 type season. Lost year. He said, and I quote, "Yes, uh, he said I want to move the ball forward." All right. Uh, guessing football terminology there weird for a baseball guy but he said yes i get it which maybe it's about the f football terminology uh i don't know what we're going to be able to buy uh I, I don't know that we're going to be able to buy 40 wins in free agency i'm not sure if that's realistic but we want to move the ball forward we are going to try to put better players on our team so jesse i'll start with you <laughs> this sounds <laughs> like they're gonna go after some players in free agency it does. Yeah, I think so. So we we broke down Mike Hazen's initial words right uh, on the uh, on the press conference that he gave the day after the season ended. And it had a different tone to it. Right. He was talking a lot more about uh, internal, the internal workings of the organization. Yes. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't necessarily think that Mike Hazen is, you know, making a U-turn here and, and completely going a different direction with this offseason. And suddenly, you know, he wants to spend money. I think this has probably been the plan all along. And and on the day of that presser, right after the season ended, I think his focus, and rightfully so, was more on what's happening inside the organization. Because let's face it, even if the Diamondbacks did go get Carlos Correa, they still would not be a contending baseball team after winning 52 games. That's the bigger they have point. Bigger, yeah, they have bigger problems than the amount of money they can or cannot spend in free agency. And so I think it was I think it was right for Mike Hazen to address. We need to first figure out how we're going to maximize the talent that we already have. I think that is that is priority number one for this baseball team. Yep. And now as the offseason goes on and, you know, Mike has probably had more conversations with ownership about, you know, what might uh, what might happen this offseason. Obviously, earlier we talked about the salary floor, which would certainly change some things It might even force the Diamondbacks to spend some more money. They are going to spend some money. And, and I think, Mike, now that he's sort of talked about how internally we need to improve what's happening here. Yeah. Also externally, you know, the Diamondbacks, they're, they're not going to go and, and do something crazy, but they need a third baseman and they desperately need some bullpen help. And, and I do expect that the Diamondbacks will spend probably conservatively in, in both of those categories and, and bring in some external candidates. I swear at one point you said they can ha spend some money and I know what you're getting out <laughs> there. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think that they are going to bring in some guys. I think that maybe fit the timeline, somebody along the same you know, like you, you, you and I have agreed in the past that if we are going to build around players on this team, it's Zach yeah. Gallon, it is Cattell Marte, and it is Carson, right? So yeah. if if we can get to a point where this team is 
bringing in guys in that age range in that group and can you know add young talent around it it it, it could be the nucleus that they're looking for to actually build around right I'll, I'll also add that in an interview amil sade who works underneath mike hazen mentioned the possibility of trading for a third baseman that the diamondbacks might look to acquire you know a younger controllable uh talent at third base and that's mm-hmm. something i could totally see like that actually could be a pretty you know, you're not necessarily talking about a bottom tier third baseman. They actually could go for it and try to find a third baseman as long as they're controllable and I'll still be around here for a few years. And so Josh Rojas is just better as more of a utility guy then? Because right now, I mean, you probably have to pencil him in and he's has only like a little over a year of of service time. So, I mean, you, you've got him for four more years. He's again, he's better as the first guy off the bench. Well, Josh Rojas, he, you know, I I think they've played him entirely too many places. You know, he's He's played him basically everywhere, everywhere. I mean, he just hasn't, I don't think he's pitched and I don't think he's caught, but aside from that, he's played everywhere. (laughs) And I think the thing with Rojas is it, it's that case of we don't know what he can really do at a set position because we really haven't seen that out of him. What we've seen is maybe him being spread too thin and being utilized like that too much where he's serviceable to good, you know, maybe even okay at certain positions, but not great anywhere where that's where you would want to see him at. Right. And I think with Rojas, he suffers from the same thing. A few guys on this team suffer from now. Lavallo has said in the past that he likes to play that way. Right. So that's yeah. the thing. I think uh, Rojas is a guy that you can expect to have some sort of a utility role moving forward. I don't think you have to pin him at one particular position. The question is just, is that position third base? And I think the answer is, I don't think third, I think third base is a place where he's going to probably back up as a utility true. guy, but probably not somewhere that they're trying to have him settle long term. I still would love to go back and look at the depth chart for this team before the season started, because I swear (laughs) to God, I hand to the Bible. They like had like the same guy backing up several positions. And again, this might not be the official depth chart that Tori Lavallo is considering or using, but it was the depth chart that they had on the team website. So when you looked at it, you couldn't help but wonder how the hell is this really going to work out if two of these guys get injured at the same time, which is exactly what happened all season long to this team. So it was maddening. You knew just from the go that they weren't deep enough and forget, forget being competitive. There were times where you looked at this depth chart before the season started and thought, what is going to happen if they have like any kind of injuries? And if you, if you even thought that for a moment, it, it definitely came true. You know, it, it is what came true. Right. But the team already wasn't necessarily competitive. Even at that point, it was just like, wow, even your starters, even, you know, your lack of depth here seems like you're getting yourself into, you know, a problem. That's when we knew that the diamondbacks weren't really, especially when all they added was, you know, bullpen arms, veteran bullpen arms to this team during the off season uh, and spent a whole whopping, $8 $8 million on it, you know, versus <laughs> versus listening to the haul that some teams got during the offseason. It's just crazy. But. I'll say this, uh, looking at the Diamondbacks roster and their depth chart and their prospects, you guys are in a worse spot than the Rockies. I'll say that. Yes. And I think. <laughs> no, Thanks, Patrick. Not, right. He's not <laughs> You're wrong. Welcome. You're welcome. He's not wrong. Because the, the talent at the major league level is better for Colorado right now, especially the the starting rotation as far as depth goes. I mean, if we're talking... Yeah, you know, depth is a disaster two, for the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah, I, I know Mad Bum has been, you know, less than stellar, but I'd probably rather have Bumgarner and Gallon over Marquez and Freeland. Not by a lot, but I would. But then when you get the third, fourth, and, and fifth guy in the rotation, I definitely would rather have what Colorado does and again, with with the players that are coming uh, up through the, the Rockies pipeline and the fact that there are uh, a few more younger contributing players to the Rockies where while McMahon, Tapia and Freeland are all going to be free agents after the 2023 season, there's still going to be, you know, uh, Brendan Rogers will still be around Antonio Senzatella, Austin Gomber. There's still going to be other guys that are there, whereas in three, four years for the Diamondbacks a lot of these guys will be moving on. Zach Allen could be in his final year before free agency. And then, you know, I think the Diamondbacks have done a good job in, in the draft and, and acquiring some 
some prospects. Obviously, their big draft, what was that, in 2019, where they had yeah. 98 of the first 99 <laughs> uh-huh. selections. I think right, roughly. Right. Take, they they, take, they roughly drafted the take. entire uh, they, the, the entire amateur draft went to the card. The, the entire the University of Texas yep. uh, at Austin baseball team I was drafted. So I, I think in, in that sense, Rockies are in a, a better state now. But with a couple of the right moves and maybe some freedom to, I'm not going to say tank, but if they do want to go more of a full rebuild, then you know you're gonna get get something really nice, a good return on a Cattell Marte. You know, uh, you can get Nick Ahmed off the books if if you need to, and kind of look further on down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a bad example. But Zach Nick, Gallen, Nick, think- Nick Ahmed, unfortunately, I mean they're they're paying him more than at least for this last season they paid him more than he was worth. I don't think you're gonna get much of anything. No, they may have to yeah, even deal a prospect with him. In order just right. to, to have which him. I don't think I don't think this regime is going to do. Dave Stewart would have done that. I don't in a think second, so. But I don't. Yeah, I don't he would have. Uh, he would have done whatever. Hey, I hear yeah. Shelby Miller is making a comeback. Shut <laughs> your mouth! Two, I will kick you two off episodes, the show. two Shelby Miller references. I need Sorry, the, guys. I need the Sorry. DNVR Rockies <laughs> to take this guy back. I'm sick of him already. Um, <laughs> especially, we're going to get to our D Rocks uh, snake draft and the uh, results of oh, that. Yeah, go. Where you go. cheated? Um, basically, you cheated. But uh, let's also talk a little bit more about losing. We had our D Rocks snake draft the other day. Uh, snake draft in D Rocks. We had uh, our pal Patrick join us, and let's show our teams really quickly. We had, took to social media, had everybody uh, vote on this. Uh, Jesse's terrible team uh, that had Daniel Descalso <laughs> as the number one pick, uh, but no nobody's <laughs> team is worse than mine because apparently I selected a guy named Matt Reynolds for the overall <laughs> pick number, uh, my number one overall pick. Uh, so I guess I deserve very much so to lose, but we're taking a look at our poll results. Of course, our, of course, our winner is this guy over here, Patrick. Um, I hate you and you've you ruined my game but uh patrick wins with 46 percent of the votes uh maybe much patrick like- is the patrick is the only one who had a viable first round pick <laughs> so. yeah that's true um matt reynolds isn't getting it done i guess uh no. but jesse i did come in second over you with 30 percent of the votes uh you had 24 percent. much like the d-backs and the rockies though uh if we team up and gang up on this guy uh well then the phnx d-backs podcast won with 54 percent of the votes yeah we won you could do it that way sorry i'm sorry i'll give you this matt reynolds was a actual player that did play for both the diamondbacks and Rockies. so that's a real guy who does exist so it doesn't look that atrocious no it does it does because it's no you you can't make it better by saying that it's it's not that it's Mark Reynolds. It, that's, that's it why I lost. Mark. If they would have seen Mark Reynolds up there, they would have known. That would have been helpful. Jesse, oh. since you're short on nicknames and you did finish in third place here in a central oh, election gosh. in which 46%, you know, ended up winning, you can be the Ross Perot. So, you know, I don't know if that's a great nickname or a reference that mm. even some people get. He's not going to get that. No, he's not going to get he's that. He's not going to get a Ross he Perot know, reference. He, he doesn't know television shows from the 90s. He knows nothing. <laughs> his mustache looks like it was at least born in the late 80s. All, no? all of his <laughs> information is just baseball stats and math. The mustache math. is from the late 80s. I can confirm. Yes. <laughs> um, by the way, I really appreciate having two math teachers on my show today. This is fantastic. <laughs> That's why I'm the comptroller, man. I know, the numbers. I know. This is great. I feel very inadequate when it comes to trying to do stats around you two guys. But, Patrick, I've had an absolute blast uh, around uh, Arizona Fall League with you. Uh, Jesse, you know I have a blast with you every single day. But uh, you guys, get out to Arizona Fall League. There's not a lot of time left. Uh, There is, what, seven days left? Or I mean, there's one week from this Saturday is the championship game. So not a lot of opportunities to go out. Uh, This Saturday is the Fall Stars game. The D-backs only have one representative in the Fall Star game. That was was on my list of things to get to. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And it it was essentially, uh, who the heck is... Shumpei Yoshikawa. Well, Yoshikawa is one of what <laughs> six D-backs players. He's a reliever, and I'm pretty sure that Slade Ch- Slade Chikoni uh, <laughs> was going to be their representative. However, 
he reached his innings limit and then was pulled. So he was the yeah. one that really was kind of the big name that people were interested in. And he didn't disappoint. He had a pretty good uh, fall league. So uh, I'm not, not too mad about that, but I also don't, uh, you know, it's the fall league. So I'm not surprised that there's not a lot of representation. Uh, like I said, the, they haven't been having a great, uh, the, the, <laughs> the rafters have not, had a great season as far as the fall league is concerned. This relationship is working out well, I think, for for Rockies fans and and for me too, as, as no, someone who's absolutely. covering the the Rockies, because we can look and say, ah, as rough as things are for Colorado Baseball Club, and as difficult as it can be to follow the team and see what they do, just look down at the bottom of the standings and see what's <laughs> going on with Arizona with their one prospect okay. in the Fall Stars game, and you go, get out. Uh, no, get no. out. No, we're done. Hey, get we out. got two guys and a fan vote for Michael Tolia. I'm hey. sending I'm sending you back to Colorado. This is uh Patrick D. Lyons on Twitter. You can get him at Patrick D. Lyons. Uh Jesse's at Jesse N. Friedman. Everybody's using their full name and middle initial around here except me. I am cap underscore caveman with a K. Uh, but the show can be found at PHNX underscore D All roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Please follow us everywhere. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, uh, subscribe to us there. Drop us a five-star review. Thanks again for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. This week has been a blast in the Arizona Fall League. Coverage has been really wonderful, and there's still more content coming out of this. As you know, you do a lot of work, and only so much of it can come out at once. And so even next week, you'll hear some exclusive one-on-one interviews we've got with Reagan Todd, Willie McIver, hoping to talk with some more players, maybe even some outside the organization, some interesting tales of folks around the game of baseball because the Arizona Fall League is very much a hidden gem and i think baseball is okay with that but if you've ever been lucky enough to come down here and experience it it's a real special special spot so for dnvr sports make sure you're following us on twitter at dnvr underscore rockies i am at patrick d lyons thanks again all week to derek montilla jesse friedman the entire phnx d-backs crew for showing me around taking great care of me even letting me use their studios. It's been fantastic. It's wonderful being a part of this company right now and seeing the growth that we've been having. So uh, I'm, I'm flattered that that y'all are out there listening and, and supporting me and supporting us throughout this. So I love you guys. I really appreciate it. If you're in the Discord, please let us know what you're enjoying about the show. What do you want to see this off season? Are you really just holding your breath to make sure that we don't have a work stoppage? Hopefully, hopefully your outlook is a little bit brighter than that. So for DNVR Sports, I'm Patrick Lyons, and thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast.